0: Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. I want to start off with one of my favorite World War II veterans, one of my favorite people I've ever met. I've talked to him a bunch of times. He's an amazing storyteller. His name's Bud Fink. Uh, I don't think he says it in this clip, but he was a tank commander in Belgium when he was 17. (laughs) I think maybe a little later we'll play that story of how that came to happen. But. Just, he's he's awesome. And I got to meet him in person a couple of weeks ago as well. But anyway, I, I have this theory, and, and I don't know, I'm sure I'm not the first to come up with it. I don't know how much has been written about it, though, but I have a theory that our World War II veterans were so strong and so humble and, and all the rest, and they were able to overcome so much because they were products of the Great Depression. I firmly believe that. So I asked Bud about this theory and and what his take on this is. And and I want to play uh, these two minutes for you here.
1: I grew up in New York City. And uh, New York City had a relief program. And that's what it was called, relief. And you got, I think, $25 a month which paid for food, rent, whatever. I think that was the amount. It wasn't a hell of a lot. But nobody, nobody... No family would ever, ever go on relief. Or if they had to, would ever admit to it. That. that was considered that you were an absolute failure. That you could not support your family under any. Con- you couldn't go on relief. My God, we had to go on relief for two weeks once, and my father was just out of work. And it was either that or starve. And we decided that we would. And we were on for two weeks, and in two weeks he got himself a little job. And my mother said, my God, call him up right now, Joe. Just call, let's get off this goddamn thing. And we did. And it was not a way of life that anybody wanted, I can assure you. Because uh, one thing that the profession I think, did for everybody, it kept the family close. It really kept everybody close. And, uh, you know, in those days, families all lived within a radius of a few blocks of each other. Aunts, uncles, and everybody helped each other, you know. And uh, it, it was a, a different world. We kids, at least in my family, we didn't even know there was a depression. We were poor as church mice, like everybody else but that was we forget the way everybody lived you know and it was true because everybody we know lived like that everybody on the street it wow. was uh, looking for work but, parents oh you know, that's good.
0: so that's so interesting so you didn't grow up you know
1: um
0: i go word like bitter or angry that you were poor it's it no, was just life it, of course not. We didn't know
1: we were poor, and, and we did know that there was a depression that that there was just no work out there. But oh, we didn't blame anybody for that. We didn't say, "Oh well, it's the big rich uh, capitalists who are causing." No, we didn't blame anybody. We just uh, figured this is the way it goes, and we got to wait till this damn thing is over. And uh, fathers took any job that came along the line. When I think of things, my father, he sold stockings door to door once because a friend of his had a little business that was going. I mean, he did. You name it, he did. Did it? And I remember him coming home with a ten dollar bill at Friday and called the whole family together and showed him, showed us that it was. My oh mother's, my God, will live for a month. <laughs>
0: Live now, and then could you just listen to him forever, Ah, oh, bud, I, I want to break down a bunch of that, but let me let's back it up here for a second. Uh, I came across this poem the other day. It's a poem to a poetry reading from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and he said, "The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept." were toiling upward in the night. I say it again. The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept, were toiling upward in the night. Hustle hard work while others slept. Every, every athlete has heard this growing up, right? Uh, you don't, you don't want to wake up at you know, 5 a.m. to go to the gym, but your competition is there, right? Your competition's training, so get out of bed, get to work. And, and I, I bring this up because we often look to wealthy people, as Bud was saying, or, t- or today we look to wealthy people and blame them for a lot of problems. Bud is like, you know, that wasn't even, didn't even think about it. But we look at wealthy people and successful people and we assume that they were placed at the top. We think they attained by sudden flight their success. But we don't see that while everyone else slept. They were toiling upward in the night. I thought that was pretty cool and Bud uh, sort of referenced that. And uh, this is the one last line I want to read here. This is the opening line, actually. I'm sorry. The poem is called. Uh, uh, what is the poem called? Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine. There's something. There's an, there's more to it though. Hold on. Sorry, Longsworth. Uh, uh, the ladder. It's called the ladder of Saint Augustine. Sorry. Uh, so I'm gonna move the words around in the first stanza because. It's kind of hard to understand, so, th- this is, so it doesn't rhyme, but this is what he says. He says, St. Augustine, you have told us that if we tread beneath our feet all the past deeds of shame, we can frame a ladder out of our vices. Meaning all the bad things, all the mistakes, all the failures of the past, all of our vices, if we take them in and learn from them, then we can use them to make a ladder that we can climb to a better place. If we learn from the mistakes and don't do them over and over again, of course. But if we learn from those past mistakes, right? If if we if we tread beneath our feet all the past deeds of shame, then we can make a ladder out of them and, and learn and, and do something uh, righteous. And he goes on to say that the pyramids, from far away, they look massive and they look impossible to climb. But when you get closer to them. They're, they're really nothing but a gigantic flight of stairs. That's what <laughs> that's what Henry Long, uh, Wadsworth Longfellow says. He's like, hey, it's just a, the pyramids. Are just, it's just a big flight of stairs. And he says, the mountains, they look impossible to climb. But when you get closer to them, you see that the paths are, are cut into them. Mountains are made to be climbed, he says in the poem. So the point is here, don't, don't stress about your past mistakes. Don't stress about your failures. He says, don't consider them wholly wasted. Those are his words. Don't consider them wholly wasted if you can rise on the wreckage and learn from those mistakes. And I just think of that with our World War II vets. And every they didn't go through mistakes, right? But they went through the Great Depression. And they, gosh, did they learn so much from that experience? And then, gosh, the opportunity came when they used those lessons. Could you imagine? I was talking to an Army vet the other day who was deployed for 15 months. 15 months without a break at all. There's no leave. 15 months. Okay, that's crazy. Because you get a lot of guys who get, you know, the six-month deployment, the nine-month deployment, which is, which is crazy, too. But then 15-month deployment. Okay, these World War II vets... Just deployed. There was no. It was just deployed until the end of the war. I remember I asked Bud. I said, "Bud, did you ever want to go home?" He was he was talking about how he was in a in a tank in the freezing cold on Christmas in Belgium. I said, Do you ever want to go home?" He said, "No. We were we were just here. We we were here, and this is what we were going to do." This, <laughs> Not that he wanted to be there, but he said, this, this is where we are and we're going to do it. And I said, did you ever see a light at the end of the tunnel? And he said, no, <laughs> it does not matter. We got a job to do. We're just going to do it. These guys. Again, I believe the major reason we were able to win World War II is because the men who fought in it came out of the depression and the women who served back home as well. I was talking to a World War II vet a while back, a year or so ago, and he said, when he joined the military, he was given something that he's never had before in his entire life, and I'm thinking, gosh, what is it? I'm thinking maybe it's like, like a like a, maybe a gun, right? The kind of gun, or maybe, um, maybe it's, maybe he's it's going someplace deeper with this, right? Maybe he's like, he's gonna say responsibility or purpose right i've been given something when i when i joined the military when i was 18 but he lied he was actually 17 i i I was given something i've never had before in my entire life mike i'm thinking um purpose (laughs) and he goes a pair of pants a new pair of pants that was a luxury he's never had before in his entire life a new pair of pants let that sink in let alone the bed let alone the food pants Never had it before. He was like one of eight, right? And every the pair, every pair of pants he had was all hand-me-down eight times. So a uniform was a sh- shockingly luxurious item. They were tough. They were the calloused hands of someone who works on an oil rig, not the weak manicured hands of someone who talks on the radio for a living. Or the safe space wuss blowing bubbles and coloring because someone made an opinion he disagrees with. How our World War II generation grew up, how they trained and fought and served just indefinitely while they were deployed was in some ways a a step up from from where they came from. But today, very few 18-year-olds would ever be able to survive as our World War II vets did because we've come out of a time of abundance and luxury and as much food and as many pairs of pants as you can imagine and leisure and all the rest. And I just feel like our World War II guys, they saw the challenge in front of them, taking on the Nazis and the Japanese at the same time. And they saw the challenge as if it was the pyramids from really far away. Seems impossible, but they just got closer and they saw that the pyramids were just a giant flight of stairs. And they're like, all right, well, let's go. And they climbed one step at a time until they made it to the top. And thank God they won. Mike Slater. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645.